There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And it's wonderful to be back with you again for another week. I hope everything's okay with you at the moment. Uh, Life is a bit strange with this uh, COVID scenario that we're going through right now, which is obviously impacting us all around the world. And uh, it really is a time, I think, for for deep reflection, uh, deep reflection on, you know, for me, I'm thinking a lot about humanity and what we've done to the world and the kind of the planet and what the future generations are going to have to to deal with. And also my role in that and uh, my family's um, kind of uh, you know, requirements and we've got some people around us who've got sick and it's a very, very strange uh, period of time in history, isn't it? But it's also, as someone described it, it's, it's a bit of a privilege in some ways to be, you know, in this important part of history and, and have this opportunity to really do a deep dive and look into ourselves. And that's what we try and do within this show is really it's about about helping us to you know, understand ourselves better and elevate ourselves through maybe growing our consciousness and also developing our businesses, all underpinned by doing business for good and making a really positive contribution to the world and the planet. Uh, as you know, um, my work is involved with generally helping leaders develop themselves and their people and their teams and build highly engaged workplaces. And that's what I'm passionate about. And I'm also you know, really interested in having you know, great guests on the show bring a different kind of ideas and different perspectives um, as well. And we've been going now for nearly nine years. This is the 376th show in early September. We'll be nine years old into our 10th year. And it's been a privilege to keep uh, doing this show and having the opportunity to talk with you and hear from you and get your thoughts and opinions and ideas about guests. And we had a guest on the show a few months ago called Maria Burke and Maria has a, an amazing kind of well-being organization and she was um, explaining how the number one kind of uh, concern for her clients who are global employees is is this it's dealing with t- their teenagers and that's what they struggle with and I also um, did a show a few um, a good few months ago maybe it's even a year now I can't remember but with a, a fascinating lady es- Esther Wozniacki who'd written a book about uh, bringing up successful people and her daughters had gone on to do, you know, quite quite modest jobs, things like running YouTube globally and that sort of thing. And, uh, and, and that inspired lots and lots and lots of people to listen and kind of share that interview. So it made sense today to have a, a, a th- you know, a thought and um, have some thinking around inspiring young people. As many of us are at home at the moment, probably with our kids and uh, wondering how, you know, what they're going to turn up um, like and how as parents and also how as employees can we kind of develop and grow them. So we're going to talk about um, about this today. And, uh, and we're going to do this with um, somebody who is a, a good friend of mine, in fact, a really good friend of mine, David Heiner. And David is, um, I think, a special person in my network. He's inspired literally thousands upon thousands of, uh, of young people through his speeches and his workshops. And he's an awesome dad. I know that to his teenage son who has severe autism and special needs. 
Now, David has presented and run workshops to over a million people, <laughs> which I think is quite incredible. And I couldn't think of anybody who could really um, help us to piece together more about Generation Z than David. He's he's published with, he's the founder of Storyo Publishing, um, published over 100 niche books and 80 audio books. He's the founder of Stretch Development, where he, he speaks and uh, trains. He's also uh, really into massive goals, and he helped um, as a volunteer for charities to break their fundraising record. So he's an amazing guy, and uh, it's a real privilege to have the opportunity yet again to talk with David Heiner. David, how are you? Hi, Chris. Well, I want to meet this guy. I've never, I've never heard my CV read out so long. That's awesome, mate. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. It's good to, good to see you. Well, the first question I want to ask you is, what has the 20th of September 2011 and the 2nd of May 2014 got in common? Wow. Um, I pro- Do you know what? I honestly don't know. So my answer will be probably the last time my soccer team won a game. I don't know. Go on, go on. <laughs> Well, they certainly didn't win when I took you a few weeks ago. No, they didn't. Yeah, no, you see them when they play Leicester. But um, actually, David, uh, they were the last two. There were the two times that you've been on the show before. So you were first on the show back in September 2011. You were the f- you were, it's only the fifth show I'd ever recorded, and then you were on the 120th show back in 2nd of May 2014 and now um, we, we, I don't count when I repeat shows but this is the 376th unique one and it's a privilege there's only I think you're only the third person ever to be on the show three times so I hope that uh, hope that makes you feel good I am I'm humbled thank you looking forward to this <laughs> so what, what have you been up to since we last uh, last chatted what you've been what you've been doing in the last crikey six years well, in the last six years, that, that that's quite a time. I've I've certainly moved online, so I've got um, video courses and training on Udemy and other platforms. I started the publishing company, and we've now got, as you quite rightly said, a hundred niche fiction books and uh, eighty audio books, and we're yeah, we're diversifying and rapidly ramping up an associate program that we're developing for training people in our massive goals and purpose processes. Excellent. And how's thing? I know you've you've obviously a father, and uh, we, we've we've talked about your your kind of son in the past. But you know you've um did you've been through it a little bit, and uh, you know you're 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 growing and developing a a teenager yourself. So besides that, and I and I've seen you as well speak to whole schools and just absolutely inspire them to the hilt. Um, you know what what how how are things uh, for you at home and. Uh, and how are things uh, sort of you know developing since we last spoke? Well, I think the reason, Chris, that I'm so passionate about working with young adults is because, you know, I can't have the same level of interaction and communication that I thrive on with my own son. And I don't mean that very matter-of-factly. I just mean it that's what it is you know my my son has very limited communication skills he's he's great in many ways he's a challenge in other ways um but i i want to be able to do things and communicate in a way that he's just unable to so i have to modify my behavior when i'm at home so i i get what i can't give to my son by helping other young people yeah and if you ever get the chance to see David speak, I would recommend it because I, you know, I like to say thank you to you because you inspired me on my journey as a speaker. And that probably, gosh, it might have probably been 
10 years ago, actually, I saw you speak on a stage at the Professional Speaking Association, the first one I attended, and was very green, and, and wow, you kind of hit everybody with uh, an amazing speech, and I thought, crikey, this is what professional speaking is all about, and where you can take it, so I think it was probably a conversation after that that led to us uh, doing our first interview. Um, so so you, have, you have literally, I don't know how many schools you've presented to, and, how, and you, you help young people, don't you, to kind of stand up and and uh, become communicators really and and do their first speeches that's a now that's a component of what you do but yeah yeah so i've i've probably in the last 20 years worked with over 700,000 young adults sort of high school college university age and so teenagers up to early 20s and it's presentation skills goal setting memory skills those are the three big things that we do for them excellent excellent well i'm glad you remembered to come on today <laughs> see, it was in, in the diary. Been a bit embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to tell us, I mean, from you, you seven hundred thousand. Not many people have spoken to that many, that many uh, young people, and therefore, I know you're kind of very aware of the differences that we we, we have between the different kinds of generations, and uh, you know how the, the the latest sort of generation of uh, kind of late teenagers, twenties, they're referred to as Generation Z, I believe. Yeah, how, it's a label. <laughs> it's a label. How are they different from other generations? Well, just just to clarify for those listening, if they're not aware, that Generation Z, depending which expert or pseudo expert you listen to, are young adults born between sort of mid nineties up to late two thousand and eight, nine, maybe even two thousand and ten. So we're talking very generally about your teenagers up to the early mid 20 somethings who are in high school, college, university and entering into the workplace and possibly even junior management. And they differ in many ways, as all generations do. But the reason that these guys are so different to everybody else is because in the last five to 10 years, the massive political, social, economic unrest that there's been, the way society has shifted, relationships, boundaries, gender, faith, religion, culture, social media, everything is so big and it has impacted them massively. And we're going to have a hopefully a conversation about how they can understand themselves better, how parents can work with their young adults better, how they can, um, how employers can interact and ensure staff engagement and future proof their business. And well, let's see how much we can get done in the time, Chris. <laughs> Excellent. Sounds sounds really good. Now I, I was in this time yesterday. I was in actually it's five o'clock. I was in the hot seat with a the light audience and I was talking about elevating leadership in the new the new paradigm and uh, one of the things I sort of talk about is which I'm just interested with your point there is how it's about beliefs and how we have you know beliefs which aren't always factually correct in terms of knowledge but beliefs about things around our you know what's right personally what's what's right in the workplace and we have beliefs and that uh, we join societies that maybe we adopt um, or, or religious beliefs, and uh, you know, what, and what those beliefs really impact is our behaviour, and what you're suggesting, saying there with societal shifts and boundary shifts and gen- gender, um, is, these are all kind of uh, shifts in belief. They're all paradigm shifts, and we've got COVID at the moment. IT is another another kind of big one, 
Um, so what we're saying is that um, you know, you know, the, the beliefs in society and within young people are maybe different to different generations. So out of that, do we get different behaviour? Very, very much so. Um, both belief systems drive their behaviours, which which impacts on the outcomes, but not just the outcomes for them, the outputs for us and the outcomes for us as parents and indeed as employers. Yeah, um, and I, I, so I've got two young boys, 10 and 13, so I'm going to listen to this pretty eagerly, actually. Afterwards, I'm expecting immediate results, Dave. <laughs> well, the, the one thing I will say, Chris, <laughs> is that you've already highlighted it and that, you know, everything is an assumption because everybody's an individual. So I do want to caveat anything I say next is only based upon what I've seen and heard over the last 15, 20 years working with so many young adults and observing the differences. What I will say is that in any generation, there are extremes. So I'm going to very much stereotype and there will be extremes of people who do not behave in the way I'm going to talk about. That will be true in any generation. Absolutely. Well, what was fascinating when you and I were, were planning for this interview is you, you kind of described uh, the sort of Generation Z and the characteristics. And uh, I'm sitting there just thinking, he's describing my eldest son, my 14-year-old, uh, to an absolute T. So uh, it was it was really uncanny. And... I'm kind of interested in, you know, what. Well, maybe maybe we would just go a bit into those characteristics. I mean, what mm-hmm. is, what is a bit, what do we see that's different? Because I certainly see maybe not the concentration levels that I perhaps would have and my generation would have around maybe studying and, um, I I see lots of lots of time on devices rather than engaging in conversation. What what do you see? Well, the two of the biggest differences are firstly around self-awareness and the second one would be around the way they interact with authority. Those two are very different to other generations. So in terms of self-awareness, we are taught not to be selfish and the current Gen Z, they don't see themselves as selfish. They see themselves as, well, why would I do something that doesn't make me happy? Yeah. So if they don't like something, they'll walk away. Yeah, <laughs> they will give in easier. And in terms of authority, um, well, we've we've got to understand that our generation have well put it like this. Can you imagine growing up in an era where the politics politicians have lied so often, allegedly, where the banks allegedly have caused economic disaster and crash, where allegedly our generation have plundered the planet to the point where we're going to hand it over to them dead and gone. And in property, they're not going to have to live with their parents. They're going to have to live with us for the rest of their lives because they can't afford to get them. So basically, they don't look up to us. We were brought up to, even if we didn't like them, to respect authority and our elders. They go, show us why we should. Wow. Really, really important and and key distinction, isn't it? It really is. And do you th- do you think young people who have this burden, what we've we've put upon them, and there's no doubt. I mean, it's inter- isn't it? Leadership that we've had in the past, it has led to you know, planetary issues, to, to to plastics in the ocean and pollution, and uh, you know, I just think you hear hear the leaders of um, of the, the biggest organizations earning over 230 times the average of employee the employees do and you get these kind of messages you know are, are these young people prepared to be inspired by us at all 
in some in some ways they are but the you know the the the, the caveat again will be that the generation that we'll talk about soon is capable of changing this world in a way never seen before in history for the better. They are in many ways awesome. However, there's a good chance they won't because of what we've done to them. <laughs> Terrifying, isn't it? So I'll tell you, we need to buckle up for this one because they're coming and they're hungry. Well, it, it, it is. And, and, and they're going to, in effect, rule the world, aren't they? They're going to, at some point we will all be superfluous uh, in, in to a certain point and um, or gone and uh, they will inherit the earth and what we've left them and therefore I, I suppose it's a combination is there of uh, of being mindful of our, our our kind of old paradigms and our our beliefs that maybe we've grew up with as, in, as parents as individuals and being prepared to maybe shift those somewhat oh uh, massively Massively and and massively, both socially, culturally, and in term in, in terms of business owners listening to this, because uh, it's called the Business Elevation Show. Um, the the shift in the economy is going to be huge, and staff engagement is going to be a major issue because of the way they think and behave. That they will not place profit above their well being. I'm seeing that with my with my clients actually because you know my work is about engagement a, a lot of it and and I see that with the young ones younger ones coming in and they're often seen as being very transient employees because they're yep. in and out and in and out and in and out anyway we're we're going to commercial break now so after the break we're gonna I think we need to talk about Dave about uh, maybe how us as parents need to adapt also how employees need to adapt and maybe how we also help the individual to look into themselves a little bit and uh, adaption is going to be needed everywhere so we'll be back again with you all in just a couple of minutes and uh, if you've got any questions or comments do drop me an email to chris at chriscooper.co.uk and uh, yeah so i always love to hear from you back again in just a couple of minutes when it comes to business you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One to one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with David Heiner. We're talking about inspiring young people and before the break, David was sharing about this generation Z and and the different kind of belief system that uh, maybe they that they have have today from you know maybe what we might call selfish. They they well actually why should I do something that doesn't make me happy? And um, it, it's a very different group of people. But we've got major major challenges in the world. They're inheriting. Uh, a world which has been greatly impacted by the leadership and the and the prevailing thinking around the world of those with 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 influence and uh, you know will they listen to us won't they I don't know but I think what we have to do is just do our best impartially to to help them uh, to to step up and as as David said you know this is actually also an awesome generation who could you know ch- achieve um, incredible incredible things. Uh, moving forward and we have to look at science 100 years ago scientists said you know there's nothing more to, to left to discover you know we're 100 years on and, it, and it's just incredible the world we're in now another 100 years what will it be and these young people are the ones who are, are going to do it so david how do you how do you help this generation who who have got this amazing potential and I see it in my son if he gets inspired about something he's go 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 he was playing football at five in the morning this morning how do you <laughs> how, how, how and, and I didn't suggest he did uh, in fact he's worn the bottom garden out um, during um, break time but he's got inspired by something how do we how do we do this because I'm also mindful there's a fragility with this generation too in terms of you know risk of depression and things like that as well yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword. We can do we can help them become better, but we also must very much be prepared to put an arm around their shoulder and be more empathic than previous parents and or employers have ever been before. So um, there are three things that drive many of our stresses, which are control, security and acceptance. We either fear a lack of or desire more of it. And as adults, we tend to fear a lack of control and security and a little bit of acceptance. But in the young adults today, they can be 10 GCSEs, bunch of A-levels, two degrees and a master's degree, but they can be too afraid to pick up the phone and ask for an interview. Yeah. You know, we, when I work with chief executive forums and groups all over the world, they, they say that, you know, they're, they're eminently qualified, but they're too scared to pick up a phone. They haven't got that confidence. It's that self-esteem. So it's all very well pushing them academically. But the way education is going with, sadly, so many qualifications not being relevant for today's industry and workplaces, that it's going to we're heading down a route anyway where qualifications may not be the be all and end all. They will be looked at, not necessarily for the subject matter, but for how the young person applied themselves. They won't be looking at the results. They'll be looking at, for example, I know employers who don't look at, have you got straight A's? They're looking at, if you didn't get straight A's, why? Is it a subject you didn't like and therefore you gave up on? And is that what you're going to do in my workplace if there's something you don't understand or don't like doing? So they're going to look at things very differently. So we we can help young people by advising them to skill up, not just 
wait. Um, every generation has been guilty of waiting to become more effective. These these young people need to skill up, learn a language, learn the technology or the get a qualification continuously skill up and be diverse in your skill set and the the, the age-old classic that most teenagers have let teenagers have leveled up chris is their work ethic now there are some who work insanely hard real grafters but there seems to be coming a divide whereas there was an even spread of those who didn't work at all those who work a bit and those who will graft these days it tends to be those that graft and just those that don't there seems to be very little in the middle so we're getting polarities, we're getting extremes, we're getting the uber confident, super confident, and we're getting the absolute introvert to the point of anxiety and stress and breakdown. So as parents and as employers, we need to be more understanding and accepting of the fact that they are a more, on the whole, emotional generation than other generations. Mm. they will need inspiring but they will also need pushing and they will also need an arm around their shoulder more so than any generation and i mean it's going to be interesting too isn't it with the with the you know this the economic recession that's going to follow the current journey that we're in now and how that's going to hit families because uh Quite a lot of, um, and obviously this show goes out to over fifty countries. Access it every month, so you know I do apologise if um, you know you're you're not living life is uh, is uh, not as affluent as uh, maybe some in the world. But there are many children in the world who actually have a, a level of lifestyle that certainly I didn't have in my my youth, and and maybe to just take that as read. But this situation has the potential to turn some of that upside down. And, and I often find that with people who've had to, you know, struggle and uh, to, to, to pull themselves up um, often, often do very well. That's quite a common trait in the top achievers I've interviewed as well, Chris. And the, the way that they can do well, the way that they can pull themselves up and it costs them nothing other than their time is to observe their peers. If they just sit and watch rather than interact with all of their fellow teens and early 20s and watch people. And you will see a slump in many of their body language, downward expressions, downward facing frowns, um, low monotone delivery. And if we can help young people just to improve, A, their communication skills, and B, their attitude in terms of how inspired they feel themselves so that they show it when they communicate, that alone will help them get the place at college, the place at university, the place in the workplace or they, the promotion that they seek because too many of the generation are walking down with, what's the American expression? With their, their smile turned upside down, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, need, we need them to realize that these are things that they can do. These are things that they can do, improve their communication skills, skill up and smile more. Yeah, it, it's it's so important, isn't it? It's that uh, those those behavioural characteristics often mean far more than intellectual qualifications. If you've got somebody who's highly studious and studied and and, and has got lots of knowledge, versus somebody who can actually uh, walk through life with greater ease when it comes to 
comes to communication and i know i sort of try with my my children i i regularly if i'm like yesterday i think i interviewed them both introduced them both to a couple of my um my sort of network in in america in individuals that i was inspiring individuals i was talking to and i like to do that so to sort of push them in that situation to have a conversation um i'm sometimes i'm disappointed you get an amazing person who they get to meet and has raised 40 million for charity and things and they look completely uninterested but then you get little glimmers where suddenly you you realize that maybe they're just they're just picking it up um well th- that up. that's important chris that is important because our generation can be guilty of standing in front of them and telling them what to do instead of showing them how. We, we need to lead them and not just expect them to follow us, whereas previously we followed people. No, not this generation. They will need leading. Leadership is going to go through a paradigm shift not seen since the end of the Second World War. Leaders are going to have to come out of their offices. They're going to be have to be far more visible to their peers and uh, to their colleagues and the the young adults. And they're going to have to show them how and why they need to do what they're being told to do. If they're just told what to do, they'll walk. They will be disinterested. They will disengage. They need to be led. Right. So that's, that's very much down to us. So it's, so what, how do you, would you recommend then the relationship? Just let's just as first talk about parents so and uh, then we'll go we'll go really into into employees so how would you what, what tips would you give for parents who are dealing with with young people teenagers in terms of how to maybe maybe lead them in a in a positive way uh, but also get into their listening as well so, so they don't feel like you're getting at them all the time i i would Listen far more. There's uh, Marilyn Manson was interviewed by an American journalist for a film. Uh, I think it was Bowling for Columbine, whoever that guy was who did that. Um, and Marilyn Manson, the sort of goth rock, mm. um, everyone sees him as the the Antichrist and all things bad with the world. And and he was asked in an interview because he supposedly badly influences young people. If you had the ear of young people, what would you say to them? And quick as a flash, he just turned and went, nothing, I'd listen to them. Mm. And that stuck with me because <laughs> it's very easy for me as a speaker in schools or as a parent to just tell young people what they should be doing and how they should be behaving. And in the past, that might have washed. Not now. So we we need to... Again, going back to the show them how and tell them why what they're doing is important. So don't just tell them to tidy their room. Give them a context. Why is it important they have a tidy room? Maybe it's about self-worth, self-respect, dignity, hygiene, cleanliness, reputation. Um, show them how. Is your room clean? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and lead by example. Maybe work with them and ask them to help you do things ask their advice rather than tell them stuff over the dinner table these these are all ways but ask more importantly understand how they feel not just think and behave um these remember these are very much an emotional generation highs and lows think of think of a pendulum chris and um and many, many people for previous generations, the pendulum just sort of like a metronome on a piano, just swings tick, 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 tick. This generation tend to go tick, tick, 
tick, they swing from high to leap, um, from extreme highs to extreme lows, and they can swing very, very quickly. There's very, very much fewer young people who just go tick, 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 and are fairly evenly balanced. They mm-hmm. tend to swing much higher. And again, I reiterate, there are, of course, exceptions, and I am stereotyping. But yeah. So we need to look out for these signs of emotions when they're really, really, really high. Work with them. Don't try and stop it. There's nothing wrong with being excited and inspired. But, you know, bring them down slowly. Don't let them crash. A bit like, a bit like when you were talking about your son. You know, he was, he's, you know, he sits on the sofa um, and then the next minute can be totally inspired by something. What we need to do is actually have more middle ground. Yeah, yeah. No, he, yeah, he can be he can be beating his brother up and then uh, and then completely inspired by something. It's it's yeah, the very uh, very different emotions. Uh, I thought with the powerless moments with my son the last sort of couple of years was uh, probably maybe eighteen months ago. I took him to see Mark Beaumont, who's been on the show, who took forty days off the world round the world cycling record, and he was uh, so. Um, so he t- he t- Mark told me that he was speaking fairly locally to here in Derby. So I took my son along and we met him beforehand and nice chat. And then, they, then the evening was with Mark. There was a c- couple of hundred people plus in, in the, the town hall in Derby. And uh, there was a Q&A session at the, at the end. So I, I kind of, knowing a little bit of background, I put my hand up and I, I uh, said, made a, some particular question to Mark, but also gave him an opportunity to talk about his penny farthing um, world record that he was going for that I'd known about and uh, and then Matthew whispered in my ear he said dad he said what what, what nutrition did he have when he was cycling around the world and uh, I said well why do you ask him and, and I couldn't believe it he put his hand up and he asked him the question beautifully and then Mark spent about 10 minutes giving an answer and I was so proud because it just you know to see him do that in front of that many people um, was just um, yeah but it kind of reduced me to tears really yeah, but you did exactly the right thing. You, you led by example and then let him follow you. You you didn't first ask him to put his hand up. You did it first. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I guess so. So what, what are the – so how do we inspire our kids around what, what careers then? What do we – what's the best way to inspire them around a, a particular avenue to go on? Well, there's there's a big push at the moment for people to have their gigs, their secondary incomes, because money is so prevalent. The instant gratification world that we're living in, um, people want everything and they want everything now. And, you know, I'm not getting out of bed for less than X thousand pounds a year. And the, the, we, we're perhaps heading in a direction where perhaps lower lower paid, not necessarily lower skilled work is very difficult to fill because young people won't want to do it. They'll ask, why should I? I don't want to do it. Whereas most of us are guilty of doing things we're not happy with (laughs) for too long in our lives. So if we're going to advise in a career sense the young people of today, I would say really do consider something that you're happy in, but look at the future because it changes so quickly. Don't just put all your eggs into accountancy or coding because pretty soon there'll be an app that will do all your coding for you that'll be history you know accounting that used to be job for life well not anymore we're already seeing two or three very large players who are potentially going to disrupt the industry in a way that will see accountants potentially lose their jobs so the world is changing i would say to young people 
cause the wave don't ride it be at the front pushing so whatever you do try to be innovative try to think bigger try to think bolder and instead of trying to be a generalist and just fit in try try to um become an expert rather than a generalist is what i'm saying in a roundabout way chris um whatever you do get so good at it people have to come to you yeah good good plan i guess what i don't know if anyone's listening and thinking about this too um, a model that i find quite quite helpful to explain these kinds of things often to i'm, I'm doing it to business people is um if you google ikigai i-k-i-g-a-i so it's about i identifying what you love um, what you're good at, what you can be paid for, but also what the world needs, which is what David's saying there. The trends are continuously changing. But in that intersection between all of that is ikigai. You know, it's a Japanese philosophy. You found, you've kind of found your thing. So that maybe will will, will help. Um, we've just got a couple of minutes uh, to go now until commercial break. But after after the commercial break, David, I just want to really focus in on 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 um, young people as employees yeah and and the workplace so i think that'd be really good good focal points for the last section you know how do we how do we lead them how do we work with them how do we keep them happy uh, how do we keep them energized uh, i think would be really really important so we'll go to commercial break now but we'll be back again with you all in just a couple of minutes from the boardroom to you voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with David Heiner. We're talking about inspiring young people and this new generation of Generation Z and how they're different with their belief system to and the, and, and the world that they find themselves in to other generations. And I, I want to talk about uh, them in the workplace now, David. Okay. And, you know, some of those, um, those people are entering the workplace. Uh, and I'm, I'm already sensing with with some organizations that I've worked with and I'm sort of seeing this that they're having problems with maybe turnover and uh, you know I've even heard them sort of say well oh, I don't think we're gonna because they move on so quickly I don't think we'll bother doing some development for them and uh, and 
you know, I'm, I'm pushing back on that, obviously. What sort of environment do we need to create for them? What sort of culture do we need to create for them to be at their best and stay with us? Well, you use two great words there, culture and environment, and, that, and that's what we need to consider because most people think, oh, young people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, they're already about 30% of the workforce, and in the next five to six years, will be close to 40% of your workforce. So, like I said earlier, they're coming, they've got their cereal bowls, and they're hungry. They're going to want work, but they're going to want to work differently. You know, this dream, this utopia we had about technology, meaning we can all work from home, well, it's being forced upon us now. So they can see that it can be done in many cases. So they're going to expect it, not want it. They're going to expect it. And if they don't get it, they won't have the job. The days, the days of dictatorial and authoritarian leadership will come crashing down. If anyone thinks, oh, they'll be all right, there'll always be people out. No, they won't. <laughs> they they really will not put up with it. They will not be pushed. They will not be. I even I even had an an, an employer and a chief executive who said I had some kids on work experience who after fifteen minutes just sat down and we went, what are you doing? We've still got work. It says I'm having a break. I'm tired. <laughs> and they just refused point blank to stand up and keep walking. Now <laughs> that that is what we'll be dealing with because they don't have that the difference in their. Um, comprehension of respect is different they mm. respect different things differently to us so consider their ethics consider the fact that they are going to want to feel good they will want to know that what they're doing is purposeful by that i mean they need to know why we're doing it why is it important even if it's stacking shelves why tell them the bigger picture why is it important that all the tins are facing the right way or if they're working in a junior management role why is it pivotal that those two departments must communicate clearly with each other and stop fighting don't just say go and sort it out like they used to give them the reason why the comprehension to the buy-in um what else retention and engagement will be critical this could drive the economy onwards and upwards or it could bring the economy to its knees over the next 10 to 20 years chris because without the retention of the right staff and the engagement of the staff into doing the work in the quantity and quality that is required right now let alone moving forward if they do not engage the young people they are in big trouble. Like go back to the earlier stats. They're already about 30% of the workforce and within five to 10 years will be closer to 40%. So you've got to work together with them, engage them. All the big tech companies, you know, they've, they've got sleeping pods, really nice restaurants with top quality food in. They, you know, they, they are doing things, well-being classes, yoga workshops, massages, and they're doing so much to engage and retain their staff to make it the kind of a place that they want to come to work to rather than have to. You and I and our generation, buddy, we may have stuck at a job because it was well paid and or in the future I'm afraid to leave because of the pension. They won't care. No. They'll go, I want to sit on a beach with my laptop. Yeah, and they'll just go. They 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 would willingly work, and I'm, and again, I'm generalising, but you know, half of them at least would be would much prefer to work six months of the year and six months off, and be poor, than work twelve months of the year, be rich but miserable. Yeah, and I, and I guess some of those have seen, you know, seen parents, you know, dad dad working, 
or mum or mum working you know big hours and they're being passed around to childminders outside of you know school school time uh, and uh, they're thinking well I don't want to do that to my kids well 100% 100% and and Chris I want to say something if it's possible it's very important and I don't wish this to um date the show in any way so that people listening in the future are going what's he on about you quite rightly said at the uptake here that we're we're in the middle at the moment of this covid epidemic epi- epidemic epidemic it's not even a word yet but um, epidemic where many of us are in lockdown businesses are struggling and when the doors open again they are going to have not just young people but our generation as well coming back into the workplace scared they are going to be feeling very vulnerable very unsure because they have been micromanaged and controlled within an inch of their lives and they are very uncertain human beings right now when they come back into the workplace leaders will have to step up the the emphasis on they're going to earn they're going to earn their money if they're going to succeed mm. and, and does that, i mean i'm just one of the things i'm just running through my mind is leaders need to step up uh but also parents need to step up as well uh if they're not spending yes. quality time with their kids and you know maybe I, I changed my life to, such that I was at home as my kids were growing up, but I don't always feel as connected to them as I, I would like to um, or should do, possibly. There's a sense, slight sense of guilt, you know, when I'm here late nights doing things like this and, um, you know, off, off, off speaking or I'm, I'm uh, being in, interviewed and things like that. I'm not with my kids and, um, uh, and I pop out my room at 7.30 in the night, uh, evening or something like that. Yeah, I feel a bit of you know a, a bit of angst that i'm could could be doing better well we could be doing different i mean both of us work very hard chris as i'm sure most people listening to this do and sometimes i also am guilty of spending too much time in my office at home working and maybe it's time for us to look at the way the world's going look at the way the young people are responding and maybe actually consider their needs as well can i give you an example yeah. Many years ago, I ran a purpose workshop for a chief exec group, business owner, very successful man, um, said, well, I know why I do what I do. It's to financially provide for my children. That's why I work so hard. I said, how hard do you work? And he went, six, six and a half days a week, long hours. And it was, it was always like a badge of honor. You know, you could tell he was dead proud of it, you know, as I used to be as well. And I said, okay, is that what they want? He went, of course it is. Oh, you know that. You've had the conversation. Oh, well, well. I says, why don't you? He says, yeah, I will. I says, go on then. He says, what? I said, go on then. You've got a phone. Step outside. Why don't you ring your wife and your kids and ask them what's what? Ask them what they really want. And he came back, obviously very upset, gathered up his things and walked out. I thought, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> what have I done? I had a phone call from him the next day. He said, I had to leave. I went home to my wife. He says, I thought they wanted everything, but actually all they wanted was me. Yeah. My wife actually said on the phone, I'd live in a shoebox with you, but yeah. we never see you. And the kids, all they want is you. And it reminds me of a, f- a friend of mine who's a eulogy speaker up in Scotland. And oh, yes. Neil. He's, yeah, Neil Dorwood, yeah. And he speaks at funerals for people. And and he said something to me that stuck with me forever. 
And he said, so many people are leaving a legacy instead of living it. We're, how many how many funerals have any of us ever been to where they've stood up to give the eulogy and went, good old Stephanie, she financially provided for her children. Good old Trevor, he had a helicopter and a house in France. They don't say these things. And they they talk about the difference we made in their lives, yeah. who we were and what we stood for. Yeah. So we need to live our legacy and stop worrying so much about leaving one. Yes, yes. Uh, that, that legacy is built up day in, day out, isn't it? It's built up in every moment, really. Yeah. How we've chosen yeah. to behave. And, and do you know how that impacts our young people? They are bombarded with um, the, the movies and the YouTubes and the social media, and they are seeing this sort of utopia of perfection. You must be perfect, you must be good, or you're terrible. That's why, remember I talked about earlier, we've got gulfs and chasms between good and bad with very little middle ground. So yeah. they're seeing that you're either brilliant or you're, you're a loser. You've either won or you've lost. There's no second place. And they they see people as villains or superheroes. The problem is they're kind of getting mixed messages about who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. You know, some people who are, you know, we're glorifying gangsters and thugs as heroes at the moment. Yeah. And th they, they need new superheroes. And if they can't find it in our generation – they will find it in their own. We only need to look at Greta Thunberg, a young autistic female from obscurity to leading millions of young people out onto the streets in mm -hmm. protest, creating a wave that has created more of an impact in the environmental circles than perhaps anybody in history. Yeah. yeah. So anybody, we're living in a time where anybody can become the superhero. And, and, and I mean, the thing I, I think, you know, out of that example with Greta, uh, one thing I, I love about what she's done is, and that was the message that was shared. And, and, and in some ways, um, some people ridiculed and said, oh, you know, she hadn't got all the answers, et cetera. But she, she said something very, very important, which is we need to listen to the scientists and the scientists <laughs> need to lead the way because the scientists um, know the facts. Otherwise, it's, uh, you know, it's political opinion and belief and uh and it's and it which is often linked in with money and uh, organizations and uh you know the, the truth is we need to be led by the scientists because they know what really what is going on um 100 i mean and we're we're in that situation right now where our politicians are talking about reopening the schools when they're, they're doing it so that parents can go back to work to boost the economy has anyone actually asked the question, are the teachers emotionally ready to cope? And are the young people in a place where ready they're ready to cope? Maybe we should start with, you know, the, the horse rather than the cart. Yes, you're obviously right. I think the teachers feel feel very nervous about it, don't they? And, and I think that's also impacting how, how parents view it. Because a lot of people are saying they're not going to send their kids back in the opportunity where kind of standing our, our ground really um so yeah it i think that separating that uh what is belief and conjecture and opinion versus actually the facts and uh and i think you know talking to you david you know i know you know you say that this is only kind of an opinion but what i 
what I really respect from people like you is, you, you know, you've stood up and spoken to in front of 700,000 kids. You've met a, and you have worked with them around their presentation skills and around their goal setting and, uh, and also um, around, um, so what's that? Oh, yeah, uh, me- memory techniques. That was <laughs> which I couldn't forget. <laughs> something <on> there. <laughs> it slipped my mind. And, um, you know, what uh, you've amassed over that time is, is uh, you know, some belief, but also an awful lot of knowledge because you've seen what works and what doesn't work. And uh, that's where I think it's important to listen to people like you and uh, and people who have been there and and done it and really really experienced it and the, the scientists obviously they're, they're they're checking things scientifically and measuring them and uh, looking for the the right kind of outcomes and uh, i think you know just being a little bit skeptical about those who are very just just, just very opinion driven uh this has been a brilliant conversation david I, i'm sorry that we've got to very shortly bring it to an end but i just wonder have you got a maybe a you know, a key sort of message that you'd like to, to leave us with, you know, some yeah. thoughts. Number one, show them how, lead them. Don't, don't push them, lead them, show them how and tell them why they need to change. And the second thing is as a parent, if you want to know how emotionally fragile or strong your young person is, the next time you're berating them, stop preparing what you're going to shout at them and watch their facial expression and body language. How are they coping with it? And then find any reason to pay them the biggest compliment that you can find and notice if they beam full of self-confidence and self-esteem and raise an inch in deportment and stature, or do they actually kind of look away almost embarrassed at being praised? If they're embarrassed of praise, my friends, we need to help them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and and is that if they're embarrassed? Is that I've just totally got a minute? I've got to go now. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe I want to keep on talking. But I, I've um, okay. yeah, I, I've loved having this conversation. It's a really really important one. Um, thank you for what you do in the world, David. Uh, and just uh, love them. Just love them, guys. Love them. Love them. And then next week's show, we have um, my friend uh, Mike Mooney. Mike is the chief marketing officer for for now um, Pinono um, Organics, which is about to become the, the biggest um, organic farm in North America, uh, doing some amazing work there. But Mike's also has his own business too. He's uh, an expert around reputation and former, formerly was uh, a president of uh, of um, at uh, Roche Fenway, the biggest NASCAR racing team. In, um, in the USA. So he's a very interesting guy. We're going to talk about reputation, but also we'll talk a bit about his career move into something much more kind of worthy and at which he's really contributing to uh, potentially helping us on this planet by getting well through eating better. So we'll be back again with you next week. Big thank you to David Heiner. Please, any questions, comments, send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Like us on um, Facebook, etc. Get involved in what will, will start to be an increasing conversation on that arena as well. And Google as well. Um, think, uh, look forward Thursdays because I'm now um, regularly on that as a, an interviewer so you can get involved with, um, with that too and actually participate. Back again with you soon. Thanks, David. Uh, have a great week, everybody. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. 
achieve more.